Open your Bibles to Matthew 28. I can't get up here and not give you the Bible, so uh, Matthew 28. And let me say, as you're turning there, I don't know that I could adequately thank those of you who spoke and those of you who didn't. Um, I know there's a lot of people in this room that Becca and I have been influenced by, and uh, gratefully, by the grace of God, we've been able to influence. So thank you. Um, Thank you for the kindness. Thank you for your incredible sweet spirits and uh, the kind words. So... Uh, Matthew 28 is the the text, and I've titled this uh, sermon, The Ebb and Flow of the Gospel. The Ebb and Flow of the Gospel. How many of you all like to go to the beach, especially this time of the year? Isn't that nice? Some of you all travel to Florida this time of the year, and I do struggle with jealousy. Um, covetousness, uh, that time, that, usually around this time of the year with those of you, Dave Frazee's already there now with his feet kicked up. I hope a hurricane just comes. Never mind. No, we'll stop. So... <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Um, But he is there. But, you know, one of the things about the beach, um, and I loved going to the beach. I grew up in Florida in about about a 40-minute drive from uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. And I would drive out there as a kid, and I used to be, you know, I'd always be body surfing and doing things like that. But whenever, as I've grown older, uh, this past summer, my wife and I got a chance to go to the beach with our kids. And went to the Carolina Beach. And I remember in the afternoon, I went down after a jog. I sat, I was exhausted, and I sat down looking at the ocean as the ocean was coming in and going out. Now, what that's called is it's called the ebb and flow of the ocean tide. And what struck me about it was that it was consistent. It was something you can depend on. It was as soon as it would flow out, it would come back in. It was just a constant expectation. And I started thinking about my life and how God, um, and and you read scripture God will, there's this common pattern in scripture where there's an ebb and flow and flow of the gospel ministry. Um, whenever God brings you places, there's this natural you know, ebb going back out into the ocean, coming back towards the ocean. So that's how God works. And as it relates to my life and Becca's life, you can see that happening for us. And I, I titled this, The Ebb and Flow of the Gospel, and I want you to turn to Matthew 28 uh, because I want to read you this particular portion because it doesn't take long to recognize that this, this ought to be a normal, regular occurrence in the church. Um, every healthy church, you'll see this occur. Um, God brings people to it, and then the church naturally, because it's healthy, sends out people to go continue the work of the ministry. That's a natural process of healthy church multiplication. In fact, if a church isn't seeing an ebb and flow of the gospel ministry, it's because the church isn't healthy. And, you know, someone, we were talking, my wife today, was we were driving out uh, to grab lunch, um, the comment was brought up in our conversation was, isn't it something that most of the time, whenever you have situations where people are leaving a church, a pastor is leaving a church, usually the number one question is, what happened? What happened? Why, why is he leaving? What's going on? But the truth is, that's not a good thing. Um, if, 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 you, if that's a common issue in the church, that's a sign that the church isn't healthy. But in our case, I'm grateful to say that there's nothing wrong. There's no discord. Uh, God has been very sweet to us. God has been very good to us. And actually, this is the natural byproduct of a healthy church, the multiplication of the gospel. Um, So I'm grateful uh, that that's the case in this situation. Um, But let me read you this passage, Matthew 28, verse 1. And uh, no, this chapter is really known for the Great Commission, but we're not even going to get there, and you're going to see this pattern um, happening. And it says this, In the end of the Sabbath... As it began to draw or to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the, the sepulcher. 
And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door, and he sat on it. And his countenance was like lightning, and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. They fainted and passed out. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus. Amen. Let that be the the heart cry of us. Which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. And as he said, come and see the place where the Lord, where the Lord, um, yeah, come and see the place where the Lord uh, lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you in Galilee. There shall ye see him. And lo, I have told you. And this is what happened. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy and did run to, to bring the, the disciples the word. Um, let's pray together. and I'm going to break this down for you and have fun with it tonight. So Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity. Um, God, it is very, very awesome as we sit in here and we think about what you are doing in this church. Pastor Tony is not by happenstance getting ready to start a series on greater things for Fellowship Baptist Church. I firmly believe, God, that you have great plans for our church. And I thank you, God, that you've allowed Becca and I to have a, a portion of the great inheritance of what you're doing in this place. And I pray, God, you will continue to do wonderful things, Lord, in the, in the months and years ahead. And I pray that you will help us to, to be sent forth from here to continue the work to, of advancing the gospel around the world I pray you will bless us, God. Bless the work. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. All right, so the first thing I want you to see in the text, all right? Circle the phrase, come and see. All right, the angel is saying to them, come and see. Um, as he was telling them to come into actual thing, this is verse number six. Uh, I want you to underline that phrase, come and see. And then right the very next verse, he says, go quickly and tell. So the two things I want to show you is this. There's a going and seeing, I'm sorry, a coming and seeing, and a going and telling. That's the ebb and flow that I'm referring to. So as I talk about the coming and seeing, this is what happened. God um, flowed us up onto uh, Fellowship Baptist Church shoreline in 2006. And a lot of the testimonies you heard were, were, were very special. Um, but I would just like to spend some time just to talk about the, a real brief synopsis of what, what God has shown us as he flowed us up onto the shore of Fellowship Baptist. And I believe God does this for one reason, to develop you and to prepare you for what he's got in store. So as I talk about what God is doing in our life, how God flowed us up on the shore, I want each of you to think about what God is doing in your life as he's flowing you up on shore somewhere, wherever that might be, Whatever circumstance might be going on in your life, I want you to think in this kind of framework because this is the way God works in our lives. God brings us up into places so that he can prepare you, to develop you, so that he can send you back out to do what he's called you to do. And I want you to understand that's exactly what we're going to talk about. So 10 years ago, my wife and I came here, um, as, as Tony mentioned earlier, uh, or, or no, it was, yeah, Tony Hicks, he mentioned that when we first came here, the first thing that, that Tony did was, he said, I mean, days in, he says, we're going to go to a youth conference. I said, what youth conference? He said, we're going to Gatlinburg. I said, I, I'm only like 22, and I'm going to be responsible for all these kids. There's like 50 of them, you know? He says, well, I'm going to go with you. Yeah, he did go with me. He smoked me, and he stayed at a nice resort, and I was, uh, 
I was stuck in the uh, hotel with these ravenous teenage wolves, you know. And uh, they had pellet pellet guns, what were they? It was BBs and everything, shooting each other from the pool. It was wild. Um, But it was was a great experience. I learned how to do that. But I, I, for the longest time, that very first night, I spent the night at that hotel with those teenagers. The very first thing I did was, um, I actually went to all the hotel rooms where all the teenagers were, and I just asked if there was anything I could pray with them about. And a lot of them had that, some things going on. I remember specifically Austin Moeller, his grandmother was dying at that time. And uh, for the longest time we were praying and praying our way through that and um, asking God to be with him and the family. Um, and just some very special things happened uh, on that trip that God really gelled me with those students. But I can, I can promise you I was scared to death. Um, whenever I was flying from Columbus, Ohio, back to Jacksonville, Florida with my wife, um, I was listening to, um, I think it was a Walkman or something at that time in history, I don't know. Uh, so I, we were listening to the radio, and um, I remember the song coming on, Just Love Them Like Jesus, because I was, I was terrified of coming to a church where the, the former youth pastor is still going to be here. He's the legacy of the church. He's seven years of youth pastor. He's bald, but he's seven years of youth ministry. Um, phenomenal leader. And I'm stepping in these big shoes. And everybody kept saying, Joe, if you come here, you're going to have some big shoes to fill. I'm like, yeah, I wear size 10, you know? So, this is, so I was very intimidated. But flying home, um, I heard the song, Just Love Them Like Jesus, because my issue was, God, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be a youth pastor. I felt you calling me to be a pastor. I don't know anything about teenagers. God says, just love them like Jesus. I'll do the rest. I said, okay, God, I can do that. And so Beck and I, she, God was dealing with her heart at the same time as we got back, before we even got back to Jacksonville, I had to do the same thing I'm doing with you guys with my boss, um, where Beck and I both worked at Eagles View Academy. And I had to write out everything because I was a train wreck emotionally. But it was one of the ebb and flows of the gospel ministry. God wanted us to go and uh, come to Columbus. So uh, after the, uh, the conference, when we first arrived here, went to the conference, came back. The very couple months later, we're doing a youth rally. This church is crazy. I mean, they've got big events every five days. So now we're doing a huge youth rally. Um, and this time, you know, we're able, we're, we're, the cool thing about the youth rally is just, there's, at that time, it was the largest youth rally we ever had. I think there was over 1,000 teenagers here, packed out. People were standing room only. Um, it was wild. And I thought, this is crazy stuff. Um, but I remember thinking, what an opportunity to spread the gospel to thousands of people. And then we did it for several years after that. Um, and that was a highlight for me to be a part of that. Uh, one of the things we youth, right, for being with the youth ministry. But another cool thing, as you saw pictures of, was the missions conference. This is another uh, missions trips. Another thing that God did to prepare me and develop me was spending time on foreign missions fields with a lot of the teenagers here. Um, some of you all are here tonight. Uh, we went to Brazil, went to Togo. My wife went to Brazil with me. And uh, God, we had some wonderful times um, seeing God use us to do gospel ministry there in Brazil and then Togo, West Africa with Kyle Kessering. And uh, just, no, that was Brazil. Uh, Kyle, Kyle went me to Brazil to uh, do two different trips in the Brazil area. Same time, but we went to the Falls of Iguazu and just a lot of memories with specific people. But um, in Togo, I got a, saw some crazy things, a lot, of, a lot of prayers answered in big ways. And that was a time in my life where I actually saw God uh, strengthen the issue of prayer in my life. And I also learned something very important, too, that will follow me for the rest of my life. You know that shot, that you're showing you a picture of a shot? You know, I was getting a shot. Well, I learned something. You never plan an activity and, and misrepresent the activity by a title. I called that event, let's come do the shot party. That was not good. Not good. Don't, I can't advertise a shot party. That just sounds bad. Um, so I learned that. Uh, very, very, uh, don't, make sure you're careful what you, what you say um, on activities, but that was something cool. 
But most of my time here, as you all know, I was a youth pastor for seven years. Uh, I spent seven years doing youth work ministry with my wife. And that length of time means that there are many different dinner shows, prom alternatives, ridiculous skits in which there was inevitably a Chinese man uh, showing up, uh, introduced in every one of them. And uh, along the way, I learned great life lessons and I'm sure uh, will prove itself to be a great blessing in my future. And uh, one of those, and I'm still being dogged about this to this day, uh, we had, we we do, you know, vacation Bible school in the summertime when I, not too long ago, it was probably like three or four years ago, it was, I, I decided, we didn't have any stakes to hold the tarps down. And so I decided to put bricks on the edge of the tarps, um, and we doused it with soap and put water all over the tarps, and yeah, Carrie's shaking her head because she remembers this, we're dealing with first aid. Anyway, so what happened was, um, kids were sliding headfirst into these bricks, and, in their, and their feet are getting cut up, and I mean, blood's everywhere, and it turned into a terrible activity, um, but I, I, I learned, I learned, you know, I, I did. I, that, that was before I went to grad school. That was before I went to grad school. No, I'm, I'm kidding. So, no, those are, those are great, great things I remember not to do. Um, but, and then the last uh, two or three years of our life here at ministry here was Emerge. Um, and it is, we've been blessed to see God build inroads into uh, several college campuses around our city. And it is absolutely a, a thrill to see that. Um, a lot of, you know, we live in a, in a college town, um, Ohio State University, uh, I've got incredible relationships, by the way. I still have uh, great connections for Fellowship Baptist Church, still building inroads uh, to uh, campuses, both Capitol and Ohio State, that are ready to go. Untapped gold mines, I've got a specific date lined up for our church to be represented there. So um, still, I'm still planning on being a part of that and keeping that connection open for our church. Um, but uh, anyway, it's just neat to see how God's blessing that and how God is still doing great things in the colleges around our city through Fellowship Baptist Church, and being a part of that meant a lot. And of course, life group ministry, you heard, uh, got a chance to plant this incredible opportunity for our church to kind of, we live in a, this is a big church, but to break the church down into small groups is very important as we continue to move forward in the gospel ministry. So um, I can't say that enough. Um, It is so important for you to take care of your own soul. I don't know how to emphasize that to you. Um, If you don't take care of your own soul, you are not going to be able to do what God called you to do. Um, and so this is what this whole ministry is about, is soul care, uh, developing you and you know, helping you grow by focusing on other people in the Lord. So, um, now, when we first came here, you'll notice that it was just Beck and I. Um, we were young, right out of college. When we first, when we first came here, we were you know, wet behind the ears. Um, but then our, we, one of the things you might remember is we struggled having a family. Um, we could not get, um, we, well, we had, we, there's a couple times we were pregnant and then we had miscarriages. It was a very difficult time for us, and uh, one, one of the things that I struggled the most with was why would God allow something like that to happen, and uh, the, one of the things I, I saw the most in you as a church was that your, your relentlessness to pray um, and your confidence in whether God was going to give us a family or not. The issue was God was working, um, and, and some of us in this room are still trying, and to, let me go ahead and say this. God has got a plan. Um, for that. And I, one of the things I walk away from that with is uh, God gives you the desires of your heart. It may not be what you're thinking, but he gives you the desires of your heart. Uh, and so for us, it was the children. Um, it was uh, our first child uh, was Addison. And uh, f- right now she's five years old in the kindergarten and she truly enjoys being with her friends. Uh, and tonight she was supposed to wear a BFF shirt with all of her friends, and we forgot the shirt, so we'll get that to her. But um, it's just she's very, very, and some of you all know this, uh, she's one that loves her friends dearly. Um, and so 
I, I treasure that. Um, and thank you for teaching my daughter how to grow in the Lord, helping us do that. When we dedicated her, some of you all remember that, uh, to the Lord. And um, we had our family here. And I remember thinking to myself, this is the church I want my daughter to grow up in. This is the church. I'm very grateful for the family here. And some of you all have directly influenced her um, with the truth of the gospel, so thank you. Uh, Landon, he's just a crazy kid. Um, our, our middle child, our only boy, and, uh, and he's, uh, we used to have, the teenagers used to affectionately call him the pterodactyl boy um, because he, he, would, he, would, he would just let out this random screeching cry um, that truly sounded like a, uh, a, tra- a pterodactyl from Jurassic Park. Um, but little did we know that he had a small case of eczema um, at that time, but he finally got the proper medication. He doesn't cry like that now, um, but he is, he's okay. But he, these are, and then Peyton, of course, our youngest little girl, is full of life and curiosity. Um, she, well, the other day we went to Easton, um, to Easton Town Center, and it was so cold outside, and uh, people were grumpy, you know, were bundled up and everything, and she just walked by, hi, hi. And then she just make an old grumpy man smile, you know. Um, she's just got that sweet personality. And, um, and you know, I, some of you think, well, why are you telling us this? Um, you know, the reason why I mention this is to you is because of the struggle that we had having children, um, many of your bold prayers and your faith for our family um, is the result of these three amazing kids. And so I want you to see their tangible representations of your faith. Um, so thank you for that. Um, and I appreciate that dearly. Uh, the other thing I wanted to say since God has brought me here um, is, is the education that God has allowed me to get uh, being here, both in ministry and in academics. God has allowed me to pursue further education with my master's degree and working on my doctorate. Um, so, and the cheerleading, you guys have been incredible cheerleaders for me with that, so thank you for that. By the way, God gave me that desire um, really when I first got saved uh, to grow in the knowledge of the truth. And after I graduated um, from undergrad, immediately there was this pulsating desire to go into grad school. I was enrolled in grad school before I ever came here, um, which is, I say that to say, God's put this desire in my heart. I don't know why. I have no idea. I hate the idea of teaching in a professor, as a professor somewhere. I do not. Do I look like a professor? Don't answer that. So anyway, I, uh, I, I don't have a desire, but God has put this passion in my heart to grow in the knowledge of truth. And, but the whole reason is to reverberate it back to the body. I love the body catching on fire when they believe the gospel is real. They believe the truths of the scripture and they act upon it. And it is a, it's a full functioning six cylinder, I mean, incredible machine when this thing is, is live. So that's the reason why I love breathing into the truth um, and sharing it. So what I want you to see is that God has washed us up on shore um, here at Fellowship to develop us, and God has washed you up on shore here at Fellowship to develop you. So that God is going to use you to go back out into the places he has you, your workplaces, or wherever that might be, to be the gospel representation, which is the next part of the go and tell. And I'll make this part brief. Um, verse 6, he, he, um, the angel says, come in and see, come and see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly. I mean, it says instantaneous, come and see, and go quickly, go tell. And I think that's important because do you know why um, you have stagnated churches? Do you know why you have uh, churches that are not having this ebb and flow? It's because there's a lot of coming and seeing. Oh, come and see what God is doing. Come and see and sit. Come and see and just enjoy. Come and see and feed. But if there's not this going back out quickly, if there's not that peace, then what you have is a dead sea. 
situation. Like in, the, in the Israel, and if you look, study the geographical history of Israel, you have the Dead Sea. It's got this inlet where the water flows in from the ocean to the Dead Sea, but there's no outlet for it. There's no going forth with the water. And what happens is it becomes stale, stagnant, and it stinks. Do you know what will kill Fellowship Baptist Church? It'll kill, what will kill the church is there's no going out quickly. So the growth, the, this is how you tell if a church has really got it. It's not based on its seating capacity. It's based on its sending capacity. If the church is growing and the church is healthy, it's going to send out constantly. They're going to see this ebb and flow always happening in the church. And I pray to God that I'm not the only one that is sent forth from this church. I pray to God that there's some of you in this room right now that God's calling and stirring so that you can continue the ministry that God's called you to do, whatever that might be. Now, with that said, uh, notice verse 8. This is pretty amazing because this is exactly how I feel. There's a real emotional piece to this too. It says this, and they departed quickly from the sepulcher, notice these words, with fear and great joy and did run to bring the the disciples the word. God is calling us. (laughs) He's calling us to bring people the word of God. I have no idea where. God hasn't revealed that piece to me yet. I have no clue. All I know is I'm going to Chicago to learn how to plant a church, but I don't know what the next piece is. And I am scared. I'm telling you the truth. There's this, there's, there's you know, the, the Bible talks about in Ephesians chapter six, there's having the soldier with the feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. My feet are shot. I've got my shoes on. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to run. But in my lungs, this is how it is. The left lung is fear, but the right lung is great joy. So as I live, as I breathe, there's this constant fear, great joy, fear, great joy. And that is what's going to happen for you as you are going out and sharing the gospel. Every one of you guys know what I'm talking about, how real that is. As you go out, you're thinking, God, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to tell my coworker. I don't know how to say this to my husband. I don't know how to be a true witness to them. Go and tell, but there's gonna be this great fear and great joy. So let that be the case. And, and that's where you'll see God use you the most because you know what happened with the rest of the story. God did amazing things. So on behalf of my wife and I, Rebecca and I, um, we wanna say thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for the 10 wonderful years of service and ministry to the Lord. And uh, we will forever be grateful to the Lord for allowing us to be flowed up onto FBC shore. It's a very special place and we're very grateful for you. So thank you.